What's going on, everybody? We're back. I'm Ronnie. And this is Amanda. And this is Ground Zero. Welcome to Ground Zero. What is up, everybody? What's going on, guys? What are you doing? We are back again. So Ronnie's been like scrambling his brains around for the past couple weeks. Yeah. He's been writing and writing and writing nonstop. nonstop. And yeah. Yeah, it's pretty much been nonstop. Uh, I got a lot of ideas brewing in my head and I just keep keep writing. <laughs> so I hope you guys are enjoying the story so far. I got a lot of other stories that I'm also working on, um, but tonight's going to be a continuation of the Pine View Forest story, so I hope you're enjoying it. Okay. I guess I'll let you do Get your thing, it. Okay. and I'll talk to you guys later. All right. Here we go, guys. The Occurrence at Pineview Forest Part 2 So there I was, being ripped under the water, pulled by the strong currents. I was trying my best to keep my head above the water. I barely had enough time to hold my breath before being pulled back under the white caps. I was scared, but at the same time relieved that I was no longer having to run from the horrific monster they called the Bigfoot. Every chance I could, I would try to hold myself against a boulder to give myself a chance to catch my breath. But with nowhere to go, I'd have to release my grip and get pulled back into the dangerous wild rapids. I felt like I traveled down the winding river for at least a mile or two until the rapids died down and I was able to swim to the bank and drag my wore out injured body to shore. I laid there face down against the smooth rounded river rock for a brief moment before turning over to my back. One breath at a time was all that I could focus on. One breath in and one breath out. I made it. I survived this far. I cocked my head slightly upward from off the river shore, looking down towards my bruised, fucked up ankle. It was swollen, though no bones were protruding outward. My prayers were that it may have been badly fractured. I reached my arm up and over to my punctured shoulder, filling the gaping teeth wounds of my flesh. They were deep and I could feel the blood dripping out. I needed stitches, but the only thing I could do at that moment in time was to apply pressure to hopefully stop the bleeding. My nice flannel shirt was now nothing more than a stained up, torn up, soaked piece of material. I laid there with my eyes closed while coughing up small droplets of the river water that entered my lungs while fighting the raging rapids. I was okay. I had to tell myself in order to continue the mindset of a survivor. When in reality, or in the back of my mind, I was terrified and scared I would not make it out of that fucking forest. 
I had no weapons, no supplies, and no food. I needed to get a move on if I were going to get out of there. But with the winding river, I lost all sense of direction and had no clue which direction to go. God damn it, I said as I stood and looked 360 degrees. Fuck it, I said as I chose a random direction and began to walk. I took a few short steps until my leg nearly gave out on me as I applied way too much pressure on my bad ankle. It was my brain's way of saying tough shit, but you're not going anywhere on that foot. I hobbled over to the tree line and searched for a walking stick. It didn't take long for me to find one, just a simple walking stick. Like a staff a wizard would carry on a quest. What a relief. I was able to lift my foot off the ground and use the walking stick to brace against. I didn't move any faster, however it gave my mind an ease as my foot was able to get some relief. With no map or guide I wasn't sure exactly what area of the river I was in, so for all I knew I could have been walking further and further into the woods. My soggy wet van squished and sopped as they met the forest floor, like a sponge under pressure, releasing liquid from its core. The bright golden leaves that had fallen blanketed the ground around me, giving my mind a break from the terror and a small moment of peace as I watched nature and all its beauty. I walked a ways, it was hard to tell how far I had gotten with the slow as I was moving. I had no sense of time without my phone, so all I could do was focus on the sunlight and where the sun was positioned. It was high noon. The sun was directly above me and gave me the idea that I was running out of time. I only had a few hours till sunset and there was still no road in sight and no way to know if there would be in the direction that I was heading. I walked and I walked till I about couldn't anymore. And that's when I saw it. There was an old cabin sitting in the middle of nowhere. It was really old. It looked like it had been built back in the 1800s. The old large timbers were blackened and covered in moss. It had an old stone fireplace coming off the backside and moss covered wooden shingles on the roof. It looked as if no one had used it in years. So I had two options. Option A, continue on and hope that I find a highway. Option B, stay in the cabin overnight and give my ankle a rest. I thought it over and over. Yeah, my ankle needed a rest, but I didn't want to stay another night in the woods with that monstrous Sasquatch, especially without weapons, food, or supplies. I pondered some more as I walked along the outside of the cabin, giving it a quick overview. I looked down towards my foot and decided then that I needed to stay and rest my aching ankle. I hobbled up onto the porch and peeked into the windows. There was no one in sight. The place looked as if it hadn't been touched by a person in years, maybe even since the day it was built. Thick cobwebs hung from the ceiling connecting down onto the walls 
at a near perfect 45 degree angle. It was their home, the spiders that is, but they were going to have to deal with living with me till morning. I grabbed a hold of the doorknob and gave it a twist. It opened, the door opened. It was dusty and dingy. I looked around as I entered inside. There was an old bed frame that looked like wild animals had consumed the mattress. As I entered, I nearly fell through a rotten area in the floor from where the roof had a big gaping hole and leaked inside. I made my way over to the hearth of the fireplace and sat down. I removed my flannel shirt. I needed to dry off. I started looking around the place to see if there were any chance that I can get a fire going. I found an old bird nest in the corner of the room. It looked like it had fallen years ago. I crumbled it up and began to twist it into tight pieces of kindling. I crisscrossed them into the fireplace and went on a hunt for a lighter. A lighter, matches, a ferro rod, really anything that would grant me access to a flame. But there was no luck. I guess my luck was me sitting inside of a cabin structure instead of being out in the elements. But it was fucked up. It sucked. I could have been at the beach. I could have had my toes in the sand relaxing to the sound of the tide rolling in and out. But no, I was stuck in the middle of nowhere with that monster still out there. I guess I should be grateful. After all, I did escape. But in that moment, I was frustrated. I was cold, tired, scared, and frustrated. But I was safe. I was indoors, away from that Sasquatch, and out of the chilly weather. I sat there on the hearth, resting my ankle, and pressing my flannel shirt against my shoulder wound. The bleeding wasn't terrible, but enough so that it was trickling down onto my chest. I sat there just looking around, imagining what it must have been like to live in that cabin when it was built. From the looks it had to be the 1800s or earlier. It made me wonder, whoever did own it, what made them decide to up and leave and let the cabin go to be consumed by the forest? It didn't matter. The important thing was the cabin was mine for the time being. It was late in the afternoon and the sun had begun to set. I needed to barricade myself in for the night. There was an old looking small handmade table with a couple chairs. They were very old, very aged, but I pulled them to the cabin door and wedged them up against it. There was an old wooden latch that would catch a homemade wooden lock that would swivel on the door and attach onto the door frame. It was missing the wooden piece on the door, so I busted the leg off of the table and I used it to bar the door, wedging it across and into the slot of the door frame. It was about as locked as I could get it. My fingers were crossed in hopes of a resurrection of a new day and one that I would live through. I just needed to make it through the night. All I could do was just lay there, 
pressed down against the old dusty cabin floor, completely depleted of energy. I was paranoid of the night, terrified that somehow that creature would know my location. I was so overwhelmed, my mind began to shut everything down. My eyes grew heavy as I began to let go of the fear so that I could sleep. I started nodding off, drifting into a deep, heavy slumber. It wasn't long that I began waking up in fear. Fear of the beast. Fear that I would encounter him once more. Fear that somehow he would smash through that cabin door and I would meet my demise. When the morning finally broke and the sunlight pierced through the broken glass windows nearly blinding my squinting eyes. I pulled myself awake and into an upright position. I didn't sleep well. I was terrified the entire night, but I made it through. I rubbed my eyes to wake them as my brain peeled them open. I was still tired and groggy. I scratched my head as I let out a long droning yawn. I had to get up and embark my final descent from this dark, evil, goddamn forest. I threw my still damp flannel shirt on as I began to stand up, when suddenly I saw something that caught my attention. Underneath the wooden frame that held the fire logs was a book of some kind. I crawled across the room a few paces to it and pulled it out from underneath. It was covered in dust and grime and old dingy cobwebs. It was very old. Could have easily been as old as the cabin. An old leather-bound book with a strap and buckle to keep it closed. It was badly weathered from being left and forgotten. I carefully pulled the strap open and what was inside I almost couldn't believe. What the fuck? I said as I began to look through the pages. This was an old journal. Log entry, July 15th, 1884. The home is near complete and just in time for my wife Helen to give birth to our first child. We are so excited to finally have a homestead of our own. I could see the look on Helen's face. It's that smile with those soft blue eyes and the excitement to see our next chapter in life take off. This man was journaling his life as his cabin was coming together. There were drawings of the cabin as it progressed to its final touches. Later in the fall, another entry was made. Entry Log, September 18, 1884 Our beautiful child is born. Helen did quite well during the long hours of labor. She is resting now and I cannot help but stare at my beautiful daughter. She has Helen's features like she had been kissed by the angels, a true gift from God. Emma is what she will be named. The man drew images of his daughter like pictures lost in time. I was able to look back and witness a small portion of this man's life and I was pretty amazed by that. I dug in and I began flipping through the pages looking further and further into it. 
His journal pressed on a few years ahead, and their life progressed. Entry Log, February 2nd, 1887 Our life is as beautiful as the scenery around my family and I. Emma now running around the homestead, while Helen prepares our supper. I myself had to tend to the fire. It's a bitter cold night. The wind is howling through the trees like a monstrous beast. I can hear the limbs falling against our house. I could tell that this is going to be a bad winter storm. Entry Log, February 2nd, 1887 The storm continues to rage on. It is nearly midnight. The howl of the wind grew louder, and it no longer sounded like the wind, but some type of wild monster. It feels like something is bolting into our home, like a wild bull charging into each corner. Helen and I are wide awake, listening to the strange sounds coming from outside, while our dear Emma is peacefully sleeping through everything. There's something else happening here, something quite strange. This isn't part of the storm. Helen became too tired to stay awake anymore while I grabbed my old Springfield 1873 rifle and sat against the hearth staring towards the door. Entry Log, February 3rd, 1887. Helen and I barely slept through the night. It sounded like something was trying to breach into our home. The storm was so terrible it became a blizzard and we could not see outside our windows. I grabbed my rifle and proceeded outside. What I witnessed next didn't make the slightest bit of sense. There were no limbs or branches against the house, nothing that indicated crashing onto our home. Until upon further investigation, I happened to see what looked to be possibly bear claws that were dug into the side of each corner of our house, almost as if it were in search of a weak point in the structure. Upon walking back inside, Helen asked what it was that I had found. I explained it was nothing more than a wild bear, and that everything was fine. After all, we were in the middle of its natural habitat. It's not surprising that a bear would show up at some point. I explained to Helen that when I went into town, I would grab some traps to set around our land. After all, I needed to go into town to grab a few things from Henry's general store. Nothing major, just a few things to restock the cupboard. Helen would like to start a garden come spring, which should help drive down the cost of needing to go to the general store every month. Entry Log, February 3rd, 1887. I've returned home from the general store. I grabbed my rifle and proceeded to kiss Helen and Emma goodbye as I was ready to go into town. I walked outside and saddled up our horse, Jericho. He's just an old quarter horse. I strapped him to an old, small, open-faced wagon and set off into town. The general store took about an hour or so to get to on horse. It was a bitter cold day. The snow-covered ground made it a challenge to guide Jericho through. We had to take our time and be cautious not to chance him stepping into the wrong place and injuring a leg. What should have only taken an hour took two, but we finally made it into town. It was strange. I was the only one out in the street. There wasn't the normal folks gathering around town shopping for food or supplies or anything. 
Maybe they were still bunkered down from the storm last night. I proceeded forward and stopped at Henry's. I looked across the town once more, confused but moved on towards the storefront door. There I met him, right outside his store. He was opening late, which was odd. He unlocked the door and we entered inside, out from the freezing weather. Hey Henry, I said as I entered. I was met with a distraught, incoherent man. Henry, are you okay? Yeah, sorry. How can I help you today, Jack? I handed him off my list and said just these few things. What is going on, Henry? Where is everyone? I asked as he began shopping for items. Hey Jack, listen. I need you to hurry back to your wife and your daughter, okay? I'm just here to get a few things myself, he said as he was also loading up on ammunition for his rifle and revolver. Whoa, Henry. What is happening right now? Explain what's going on, I replied in a deep sincere for Helen and Emma's safety. Look, Jack, I need you to listen closely. I need you to take your things and you get back home to protect your wife and daughter. Henry said as he threw a box of 4570s onto the counter. It's all on the house. Just get back to your home, please. I don't understand, Henry. Please just explain what's going on, I exclaimed now nervous and tense. Well, you know where I live and my route to here. The storm was awful last night. When I got up this morning, I woke to my dog being torn apart from what I believed to be a bear. I buried him behind the house and got ready for work. When I left for work, I passed by the Hughes and the Wilkins house. They had broken windows and their doors barely hanging on from their hinges. I quickly galloped over, worried the bear had gotten into their home. There were large claw marks on the doors and just below their broken windows. I slowly walked up and pulled out my revolver and took aim. I entered the Hughes' home. Blood covered the walls and floor. Their bodies were ripped and mangled, almost unrecognizable. I immediately ran over to the Wilkins next door and ran inside. The inside of their home nearly mirrored the Hughes. Blood all over. Tom was torn to shreds near the entrance and Annie was lying in the bed, clenching on to her final breath. I ran over, but there was nothing that I could do. Her wounds were too severe. I looked into her eyes as they looked past me, as if she were looking behind me. In her final breath, she said, Run. I looked back behind me and this large hairy-like beast walking on two feet left their home. I took off towards it with my revolver, but I lost track of it as it entered the forest. This beast was huge, like eight feet tall and 300 pounds. This was no bear. It walked like a human. This was a monster. Henry continued as the fear consumed his eyes. I stood there, looking at Henry, not sure how to respond. I could see the fear build onto his face. This wasn't a joke. He was scared and afraid for his life and mine and my family's as well. I gathered my things, including the box of 4570s, and left the store. I glanced out once more towards the empty town, a now eerie, unsettling town.
I climbed back onto the wagon and hurried back home. When I finally reached the homestead, it was sunset. I quickly climbed down and rushed inside, concerned for Helen and Emma. I swung the door open and seen that they were okay. I quickly shut the door and locked it and began looking out the window. Helen asked what was wrong. I explained what Henry had told me. She wasn't convinced. I had to explain to her that Henry was distraught and he wouldn't make up a wild tale like this. Helen, I need you to listen. There is something out there, some kind of monster, that came by our place last night and unlike the Wilkins and Hughes that Henry witnessed, we lucked out and survived the night. Why don't we just leave then, she said nervously. It's too late, the sun is fading and darkness is approaching. We don't have a choice, it's too dangerous to leave now. It could be out there lurking in the depths of the forest and we need to prepare for it in case this devilish monster returns. All right, guys, that is it for part two. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, If you would like to follow us on any platforms that you listen to podcasts, we would definitely appreciate that. Go ahead and share this with your friends, your family, your pets. Um, There will be another follow-up to this story next week. I appreciate you guys and all your support. Good night.